0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap everything that happened with the OU guys in the NFL draft and the National College Football Roundup. We discuss the Jordan Addison and Isaiah Wong situations that have everyone freaking out. And we finish up giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, May 2nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Riverwind will be featuring live music and local food trucks every month starting in May for the Beats and Bites Festival. Performers include the Randy Rogers band and Scotty McCreary. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Busy weekend. Ted, we got a we got a lot to talk about, man. Yes, we do. I would I would also like to say mother's day is this upcoming sunday guys don't forget gonna be here quick gonna be here get gonna be here quick have a plan hmm. i'm jotting it down now <laughs> you, you have a plan that's all i'm saying you got you gotta have a plan all right nfl draft i mean that's where we that's where we got to start with all this stuff and a lot happened for OU guys in the nfl draft and let's start with how the draft affected some of the current OU guys that are already in the NFL, right? As, as opposed to the guys that were going through the draft process. Got to start talking about Hollywood. I mean, Marquise Hollywood Brown gets traded by the Ravens. It was, it was Hollywood in the 100th pick to the Cardinals for the 23rd pick in the draft. And sounds like this is something that's, that Hollywood has wanted for a while. And he had essentially requested a trade after this season. And you got to give Eric DeCosta some credit for the, the GM for the Ravens, because I mean, they, they got some good value in the trade also. So you look at it, look, Ted, to me, it kind of feels like a, a trade that could be a win for everyone involved. If, if Hollywood plays, you know, stays healthy and plays up to his full potential, there in Cliff Kingsbury's offense in Arizona with Kyler clearly that's a that's also his relationship with Kyler has a lot to do with this I would assume and if you know you saw you know Baltimore had a hell of a draft so I think they t- they took Linderbaum with that pick that they got and he's the best center in the draft and it wasn't even close so could be a win-win
1: yeah I think so I if if I'm Baltimore, I think I'm, I'm probably actually really happy. Um, and that's nothing against, uh, Hollywood. I think he's, he's fantastic. He just, you know, it wasn't a great fit for them. It, you know, it wasn't a great for, it fit for them. Like he felt that. And I'm sure if he felt that they probably felt the same thing. Right. So to be able to, to get a really nice asset out of that, they're probably happy. And then, Arizona has to be happy with that. And I know Kyler is. Kyler needed an asset or an ally in the locker room, it sounded like. You know, um, there, there it had been a little bit rough through the offseason. We heard some players saying that he was, he was difficult or they didn't have the greatest relationship. So having uh, an ally out there, I think, is going to be a, a good thing for them. And I think the style of offense is – way better for Hollywood the Kingsbury and those guys they're going to find a way to get him in some space get him downfield use him as more of a playmaker than he was in Baltimore's offense I like Baltimore's offense a lot it's not a shot of Baltimore's offense it's just different and this is probably going to fit his style way better
0: yeah it it just wasn't a great fit for Hollywood, right? You think about it, and I've played in Greg Roman's system, right? And I know it's, it's evolved over these last couple of years compared to when I was playing in his system in Buffalo, but it's a, it's a run-first system, and there's just there's not a ton of vertical passing in it. And that's what Hollywood does best, man. Use that speed, and you can say whatever you want about Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. But that guy is going to be able to dial some stuff up offensively for a guy that has the speed that Hollywood's got, and I, I'm sure he's thrilled to be reunited with Kyler. Sounds like he had to keep it a, a secret from. I'm not. I'm not so sure I'm buying all that, but it is. Hey, if he was able to do that, more props to him for being able to keep keep that thing low key. It's but to do these days, that that's certainly hard to do when when one of your good friends and like former teammate is involved, like I I can't imagine how difficult that was for Marquise not to tell Kyler, but you would assume Kyler Murray's really pumped about this. We, I think Lamar Jackson made it very clear how he feels about it on, on Twitter, (laughs) which was, which was something. And I, I do know Hollywood and Lamar Jackson were like real close, like close, close. And it was it was nothing against Lamar, right? And his ability as a quarterback or anything like that, or him as a guy. That that had nothing to do with it. Like you mentioned, it was all about the system not being a good fit for him. And Hollywood, right? Three years there. And he's thinking about his future, right? He's thinking about the next yeah. contract. And to get into a system like Arizona's, where they're throwing it around a little more, and Kingsbury's gonna be able to get in the lab and design, design some things to get him some one-on-one matchups. Uh, you know, I, I think it could be a really good situation for him. It should be. At least it feels like it's going to be a really good situation for him.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Um, I hope so. Tough division. We know that. Um, but I, the, the, the AFC North is a, tough division as well. Not really made for small burners at wide receiver. It's kind of a brutal conference uh, or division rather. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be good. And you know, the, some of the stuff where you can get Kyler outside of the pocket, create some stress on the defense, uh, whether he's going to tuck it or, or, you know, throw it downfield, just having that speed, man. And they, They've got a nice complement of wide receivers now. There's really, and I don't really know what the, I think it was Kyler just posturing about the the contract, obviously, but they've got weapons there, and there's really no excuse for what they've got at wideout now. Um, could they be better on the offensive line? Yeah, and I think that's going to come, but uh, that that should be a pretty potent offense as long as they can block it. They've got plenty of downfield threats.
0: Yeah, and remember, Christian Kirk moved on, got that huge contract and free agency. So Marquise is—I I don't know if upgrade. I, they're they're pretty similar players. Kirk's a little, you know, a little thicker than Hollywood. But I, I wonder. You know, clearly you you want to get a guy, and, and you heard Kingsbury talk about it. Like, hey, I saw it firsthand. When I was coaching against him in college, like he, he knows what type of speed Hollywood's got. But this does feel like, Kyler, look what we got Mm you got your college buddy, teammate. We brought him in. Like, what's, well, what do you want to do here uh, in the future? Right. Because, you know, that's, that's been a very public thing, him wanting a, a new deal. So it, it also felt like a, display of like good faith from the organization right especially Hollywood got the treatment man went to get him on the plane like he was in front of all the fans at that draft party like he got they rolled the red carpet out for him that that was cool to see but I think it's all it's all geared toward like hey Kyler we're we're doing stuff for you man love us please yeah no I, I don't think there's
1: any doubt about that it was a, it was a weird start to the off season for Kyler and Arizona. And it sounds like they're on better terms now and they should be, you know, that that's a big move, what they did. That's a big move. That's, that's, that's not telling your, your quarterback something. I don't know what is just look at that compared to what the green Bay Packers have done with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback over the last, however many years. <laughs> <laughs> still haven't taken a, a wide receiver.
0: Oh, uh, it's insane. Like, yeah, I saw that list on Twitter. You're just like, "Oh my gosh. They really they really haven't done it once for the guy." <laughs>
1: well, I guess part of it is when 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 you keep putting up the numbers he does, you make it it makes it feel like you don't have to, but I don't know. Crazy.
0: I will say this. I'm excited to watch Arizona's offense. Yeah this season. Like that should be fun. And my only hope is that Hollywood stays healthy. And he is going to be able to blaze in Arizona. And I know that that's that, it's that weird grass. Remember they like grow it outside and then they wheel it it's in. Hard. But, it's fast surface. Yeah. But you think about, you know, all the games they're going to be playing in California and stuff on those fast tracks, but he's yep. going to be looking fast, fast.
1: I agree. I think that's a, that's what I was saying. Like that, that division is tough, but it's way better than playing up in that thick grass. All the games outdoors in the AFC North.
0: It's it's a better it's a better scheme fit and a better better weather situation for Absolutely. our guy Marquise Brown. I I wonder he 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 has this big chain of him like in a Baltimore jersey. I saw it when you know. Th- the other weekend when we went out on Friday night, it was like him in a Baltimore Jersey. It was, what do you, what do you do with that now? That's, I mean, that's a question only he can answer, but I, I, I'll take it off his hands. If he wants to donate it.
1: I think you just go have it redone. I mean, they could, they got, they got to, you don't want to just get rid of it. You can have it. You can have a new Jersey thrown on there. I don't know what it looks like, but, I'm sure you could just change some of the lettering, right? No. Uh, (laughs) Ah,
0: yeah. You never know. People can do some pretty impressive stuff, right? I I'm worried. I'm worried about things that, you know, I really, that doesn't matter. He'll figure it out. Not worried about the guy. So while Kyler was getting Hollywood and being all happy, our man, Baker Mayfield, he can't catch a break, man. I mean, he just a lot of chatter about him going to the Panthers. Uh, there was seems like there was some serious traction. S- talks were heating up, right? You saw all you know all the people in the know in the NFL tweeting about it and just didn't get a deal done. It sou- sounds like the Panthers they wanted Baker. Now some people, it sounds like some people within the organization maybe weren't weren't so thrilled about that idea, but it sounds like they did want him, but the Panthers and Browns just couldn't work out what picks would be in the deal. And the Panthers wanted the Browns to pay a significant portion of the 18.8 million he's due in 2022. And doesn't sound like they came very close on that number.
1: No. and, And that's, that's the big thing here. And I don't blame the rest of the league because if if you can if you could hold out if you can wait and and force Cleveland to pick up that 18 and have to cut him and then and then bring him in at that point be willing to do it that's a lot of money a lot of money and whenever you know that someone else is already on the hook for it you're not going to be very uh you know there's not a lot of motivation to go jump on that whenever someone else can pay it. And then you can, you can swoop in. And, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated by that whole situation. And I know Baker wants to be on a team and there seems to be like a, a lot of, there's a lot of coverage on it. And, and, you know, people are kind of, uh, they're painting, painting it in a negative light for Baker, but I'm sitting here like, what in the world could be better than knowing you've got $18 million coming your way no matter what happens? I, I think he's in an awesome situation.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I was kind of bummed because you, you know how much I love Matt Rule. I, that, would have been, that would have been really fun to see that pairing for me, right? A coach that I think is just a kind of a grinder, but like, I think he would have been able to help Baker's confidence and, like, build him back up. You know what I mean? Yep. And then they took Matt Corral in the third. Now I was just like, oh, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. But it's it's going to be interesting to see where things go for Baker Mayfield now, right? Because we, we thought he had some options, right? Carolina when didn't happen. They took Matt Corral. So we, we know that's not happening. They already had Darnold. Seahawks still seems like the most likely landing spot because they had a bunch of draft picks. They didn't draft a quarterback. I, I don't believe in Drew Locke. Maybe they do, but I can't imagine that going from Russell Wilson to Drew Locke is, is what they want to do, but you, you never know. Pittsburgh yeah. was one of those places that had been rumored. Well, they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, so crossed Pittsburgh off the list. Some other places, New Orleans. Even though they signed Jameis, maybe, maybe if the numbers right, they'd bring Baker in. Uh, the Giants, have they given up on Daniel Jones? I don't think so. Are the Texans all in on Davis Mills? I, I dude, I, I honestly don't know. As we sit here right now, I don't know where he's going to land. I guess Seattle seems like the only, or seems like the most logical. But you're right, that price tag. I still think I, it's I, Houston. You think it's Houston? That would be yeah, awesome. I, I've thought
1: it was Houston all along, and the reason I think it's Houston is, it, I I I feel like because this was a uh, this was not a, a good year for quarterbacks in the draft. Right, next year is going to be quite a bit better, and I think Baker is a good kind of – he's a good enough player to where you go in. If you see something that you really like, you may be like, okay, I think we've got something here with this guy. And and you can you can lock on to that. If you don't like what you've got, you don't think that he he's going to be a guy that you sign long-term, it's a one-year rental. And if you can get Cleveland late – like, to them, it doesn't matter when it happens. But the longer it goes – the more Cleveland is going to be backed into the corner, and the more of that they're going to have to pick up of that 18 million, right? So Houston, they've 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 got no reason to speed things up. You can sit back, you can play the waiting game, and if you get him, great. If not, no big deal. But I think it's the perfect one-year rental for to to get to the next draft that's going to be a lot better for quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I the The interesting part for Houston, right, is does Davis Mills now think like he's the guy, right, and is he going through OTAs and heading into training camp like our? Because that would be – and listen, if anybody knows that the NFL is a business, it's me and you, but that would be awfully rough for him to go through the entire offseason program. Only to have them bring Mayfield in late. Yeah. That would be, that'd be rough. And I, if you're Lovey Smith, you have to wonder how, how would that affect your locker room? And that's why I, that's why I was really hoping that something would happen for Baker during the draft so he could get somewhere, start developing that chemistry with his teammates, developing those relationships. Now he's just, he's in no man's land, man. Just and I know he's going to make eighteen billion dollars no matter what, and that's awesome. Good for him. But still, you just you're sitting there. It's only I know I've said it a lot, but it's only a little over a year ago he took him to a playoff win, and now he's sitting there going, "What the hell?" Should have had two. They had the Chiefs beat in Kansas City.
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's wild. You think there's a chance he doesn't get on a team at all?
0: I I, I would assume because now the Browns could probably say, "Hey, we'll pay you your salary. We don't want you to show up, right?" That's that's something that is that's definitely now. With my experience with that organization, I would not be shocked if they're like, "No, no, no, you need to show up, or else we're not going to pay you." I right. would I, I I wouldn't be stunned if that's how they went about it. Just put all the awkwardness on him, right? Yeah. Right. And. Yeah. It'd be hilarious if he showed up every day and he was just like, I, I don't know. Baker's a super, super fun guy to be around. So I don't know if he could just show up and like, just be a complete nuisance, but it'd be hilarious if he did that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, he's, he, I would assume he'd be very professional about it, but I'd like to think there'd be a couple of times a day where he just was a pain in everyone's ass, which would be, I, I mean, you, you got to, if you were in that situation, you got to. You got to ruffle some feathers every once in a while, a couple of times a day, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just air mail every pass, throw it at the receiver's feet. If they ever put you in, which you know, they wouldn't, he'd just be standing over there on on the sideline twiddling his thumbs the whole time and counting the $18 million that they're paying
0: him a million dollars a week. Not too bad. Yeah. Not, not bad, but I would, I would like for our guy to find a home so he can get on the field. (laughs)
1: I agree. I wanted, agree.
0: wanted to be able to play for that, for that big second contract. And clearly that's the goal. Get him somewhere soon. Cleveland, come on. You're the worst part is Cleveland's the one that tanked his trade value themselves. Yeah. Like, and it, I, I'm not going to make it sound like they would have gotten, you know, a couple first rounders for him or anything like that. That's just, that's just not the case, but the whole way that they went about the Deshaun Watson situation, like, they screwed Baker, man. They straight up did like, ugh.
1: Let the record show. Brutal. That what I want to happen is that Cleveland releases Baker, pays him $18 million, and Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a year from the NFL to where Cleveland has paid $63 million for quarterbacks and they don't get to use either one of them.
0: Remember they, they did they structured remember they structured Watson's deal where' they paid him the, 40, 44 of the 45 million in cash. I, I know, but it like technically it's only like a million for the first year, you know what I'm saying the way that they structured it like yeah. they, they structured that deal thinking like okay yeah, he, something's going to happen to him.
1: right. Yeah, I, and I just I hope that I hope that they pay all that cash and don't get to use
0: either one of them. That would be, be that'd be hilarious. This is in a perfect world. Baker, they just release him. They owe him all his money. Cause that, that would, that would please me on, on multiple levels. Not going to lie. And he signs with the lions and him and Dan Campbell are united. That would be
1: Dan Campbell and Baker Mayfield were kind of made for each other with their mentality
0: that would be Jared Goff's okay. Like I could see someone making an argument that Jared Goff's a better player than Baker Mayfield, but I, I disagree with that and I would just love to see a Dan Campbell team being led by Baker Mayfield. That would be, that would be incredibly entertaining.
1: Yeah. I would say Jared Goff may be a better, better player than Baker If he's in a, like a total sterile environment and everything is perfect. Right. Baker, I think is a better playmaker.
0: If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the guys that got drafted seven Oklahoma Sooners got drafted in the 2022 NFL draft only Georgia with 15 LSU with 10 Cincinnati with nine Penn state with eight eight had more Bama also had seven. So only four schools that had more draft picks than OU. Now we're not going to talk about what happened with last season. We're not going to get people mad again. I feel like we've, we've hit on that enough Dad. We've uh, we've, we've talked about that a lot, but let's talk about the guys who had their lives changed. Nick Benito. Goes in the second round, the 64th overall pick to the Denver Broncos. And you and I, we talked about kind of where where did we see him going? And he slipped a little like we thought he might, right? Late second round, honestly feels about right to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought the Broncos GM, George Patton, nailed it. And one of the things he said in his presser and they were asked about drafting him. And he was like, well, we thought he was one of the best pass rushers in the draft. And he mentioned the bend, the speed, the burst, very natural, right? Pass rusher. And then he added, he needs to get a little stronger. (laughs) So it just kind of goes in line with what we've been saying. If, if he can take it to another level, right. And he needs to get stronger, especially in his lower half. Like if he can, have a really productive offseason in the weight room. That defensive line coach, if they can get him working on adding some moves to that arsenal, like the get-offs elite, man, it is. And there's not like a rush for him to play significant snaps right away. Like he can be a situational pass rusher because they got Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. So seems like a really good landing spot for him.
1: Yeah they signed Randy Gregory to just an absurd contract didn't didn't he absurd. sign it
0: and then like immediately have shoulder surgery
1: i'm not sure but randy Gre- gregory robbed the denver broncos robbed them totally blind the guy has like eight career sacks and they signed him to a gigantic contract it's absurd But um, I I think Benito should have every opportunity there. You know, if if there's one thing that I've seen in professional sports is when someone signs a huge contract, there's a lot of injuries and downtime awaiting them. That gives opportunity to whoever's behind them. That's going to go directly to Nick Benito. So I think it's actually a really good spot.
0: Yeah, and there's still – I mean, there's still a lot of people there in that Denver front office. There's been some changes, right? But there's still a lot of people there in the, you know, kind of those higher-up positions in the organization. And you know that they watched some Benito, and they're like, he kind of reminds us of Vaughn. Yeah. The bend, like the get-off. Like Now, he's got a long, long way to go to be as productive of a player is Von Miller, but I am guaranteed that that conversation took place. Are you looking up the Randy Gregory contract right now? It's 5 years 70 million.
1: 5 years 70 million and he's got uh sorry, he's got 16 and a half career sacks in in 5 years. The, the most he's ever had in one year is 6 sacks. Think about that. It's crazy. That is a little odd. It's like, crazy. The, I'm telling you, he robbed their ass blind. I if I owned that team and my GM did that, I'd be I'd fire his ass immediately.
0: Well, and remember it
1: comes he comes with a bunch of off the field issues as well.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Uh he's he's had his issues, right? He's he's missed some time and remember we we talked about it the uh the Broncos ownership situation is is and, that team is, is up for sale, and they got bidders. <laughs> they're well, looking at the Randy Gregory's yeah, like line on the balance sheet, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Someone when
1: someone told me that, like when free agency, whenever they signed Reg- uh, Randy Gregory, and they told me the number, I damn near passed out. I just I can't I can't even believe that. But hey, they're throwing money around these days in the in the league.
0: This this is something that I'm not sure a ton of people caught on. Like I, I love the videos of the phone calls from the teens. right? Even though yeah. watching them, all of the, watching all of them makes me sad because I never got that call. And it still makes me sad to this day. Like I enjoy the reactions and there was something that was funny about Benito's because he was clearly emotional, like fired up. Right. But Hackett, the head coach, was like, hey man, you just come here, and rush the passer, okay? And the GM's like, hey, you just come here, and work your ass off, right? And the, I, the defensive coordinator was like, hey man, make sure you set the edge. <laughs> it was so, it was such a defensive coordinator line.
1: <laughs> you gotta set the edge too. Hey, listen, you're not just uh, not just flying up the field, okay? We still got you, still gotta have a little integrity there on the edge of the defense. That's great. Yeah, it Love was it. It, it was a little something.
0: I, I like, oh, that's pretty- all in
1: all, I think it's a good spot for him.
0: I do, I do too. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, I was there for seven weeks, eight weeks or so. And it's a great organization so you great, the, the people in the building. Like it's, it was fantastic. Got an awesome experience. And the guy at the grill will make you anything you want. Literally.
1: <laughs> there you like you can just
0: say, Hey, I want this. And 10 minutes later, it's there. You're just like, how did, where did he get all that stuff from? Like it's, they, they do it right in Denver, for sure. So uh, fired up for Benito, man. And like you said, those guys get banged up. Like, he could be playing some serious snaps for them. So that'll, that'll be fun to watch. Okay, Brian Asamoah goes two picks after Benito. Goes in the third round, even though it was only two picks after. But goes 66th, 66, 66, easy for me to say, overall. To the Minnesota Vikings, and once again, the draft video family going nuts was awesome. He had the shades on, but you could see like the tears streaming down his face. Man, I I was so damn happy for him. That that's the good stuff right there. Ted, give me give me all the crying draft videos.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's that's awesome. Emotional moment, being able to capture all that is is really really cool, and I'm happy for him and. You know, I, I know I've said this, but I think, I think he's the type of guy that's going to be a better NFL player than he was a college player, and he was a hell of a college player.
0: Yeah, and you look at – I was looking at their linebacker situation. They've got Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks, like guys that played Brilliant. a lot of football, guys that are good, but you can never have too many linebackers that can run. And with, with those guys being established, guys, hey, maybe he outplays them. Maybe he ends up starting – defensively for him but man you really expect him to be a special teams beast for them in year one is kind of like that's that's where he's going to get his main opportunities I was assume is in the special teams phase of the game so we we knew that was going to be the case for him and he's he's got all the tools to be a a really effective special teams guy
1: no and that's that is going to be a uh, a defensive heavy place um lot of emphasis on the defense there It's going to be one of the tougher places um you know is the day to day grind in the league and uh special teams for are very very important for teams like that so yeah, there's no doubt um third round you're 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 unless you're terrible you're safe. Uh, being a third-round draft pick, you're safe. You're going to be on a 53-man roster most likely. Um, so you've got to make some hay somehow in and, and special teams. is probably going to be his best bet.
0: I, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, well, maybe it's nice because I've heard Minneapolis. I've only been there one time, and it was I, was I was on the Saints, and it was for a playoff game. Dang you, Stefan Diggs! But it was an awesome city. I was like, dang, this place is awesome. And I was like, oh, I bet because I'd heard it's really cool in the summer. Like when the weather is good, I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Maybe he's going to get there like day one. Weather's going to be great. He's going to enjoy Minneapolis. And then I checked the weather. It was like 43 yeah, they've had degrees.
1: Like a, they've had like blizzards and stuff up north here in the last week or so, haven't they?
0: Yeah. It's been cold, but hopefully it warms up for him. I, I heard it's a nice city. I right, we'll, we'll see. I he's probably more concerned about the football stuff. And I'm over here like, Oh, how the wonder how the weather's going to be for him?
1: <laughs> It'll be good. He'll enjoy it in the summer. And they got that nice new, new stadium up there. They're not playing outside at Minnesota stadium anymore. So that'll be good.
0: That, uh, that's, that's a surefire sign that I'm getting old. He got drafted there and we had him on the pod. So like I, then prides an awesome, awesome guy. And, I didn't check Minnesota's roster first. I checked the weather. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Like, what? I don't know.
1: You're going to play football in Minnesota. Weather's a factor.
0: Yeah. I I don't know why that was my natural reaction. I was like, oh, wonder how the weather is for him. (laughs) Godly. on Winfrey. Slides all the way to the fourth round. Goes 108th overall to the Cleveland Browns. And you and I had discussed the possibility of teams not liking everything that they saw on tape. But I talked to a couple teams on Friday. And when it came to his play and what they saw at the Senior Bowl, some had a first-round grade on him, some had a second-round grade on him. But – it sounds like he fell because teams had off-the-field concerns, right? Some things that happened yep. in his past at He's Juco. Some He's got some demons. but Yeah, that, that passion that he plays with, that's gotten him in trouble in the past. And it scared some teams off. But if he plays to his full potential, this pick right here, could end up being one of the best value picks in the entire 2022 draft. And I know OU fans feel a certain type of way about Cleveland right now. Well, they drafted three three guys, three OU guys this draft. So, yeah. I I'm not telling people how to feel, but that that puts that puts people in an awkward situation. Now they did Baker wrong and Baker's the most loved guy like ever for OU football, so I, I think I still know uh, where OU fans are going to side on the whole Cleveland Browns situation. But I did like what Andrew Berry, the GM there in Cleveland, said. in that presser said they want Perry on to be the three technique for him in that defense. And I think if he can add a little weight, get a little stronger, right, have a good offseason, all he needs to do, is follow Miles Garrett around like it's his job. Say, Miles, everything you do, I'm going to do. Now, Miles Garrett is an absolute physical freak of nature. He got drafted. Don't
1: take the sleeves off, though. You'll be getting that uh, PED test when you walk into the facility the next day.
0: Yeah. My- <laughs> Miles Garrett got drafted when I was still in Cleveland. So his, his first offseason there, I was there. Like the guy is a freak of nature. But he works really hard. He's, he's a weird dude, but, like, he, he knows the defense. He's a smart guy. Like, Perrion needs to pick his brain about everything and just do what he does when it comes to taking care of your body, preparing for the season, like, all of that stuff. And needs to stay out of trouble, right? And there, believe it or not, there's stuff to do in Cleveland. Just like there's stuff to do in Norman and Oklahoma city. You can, you can go out, you can have a good time, but he needs, he needs to keep it laser focused on ball. And that all being said that, that call he had with the reporters was an all timer. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. Um, I mean, it's why we love the guy. Man. He, he mentioned being a dog about 100 times. Talked about his parents. He was like, was like I, I was a dog when I was conceived because my mom and dad were dogs. It was, I mean, it was amazing. And I think my favorite line of the entire thing, like this lady was like, why? Like, are you like this? All the time he was like, I'm juiced. No pulp needed. It was such a, it was an awesome line. But yeah, the, uh, the Cleveland media got a nice treat. Right and dude, he's got to be ultra motivated, right? He he thought, hell, maybe I go late first round. At worst, I'm going second round. You end up getting drafted in the fourth round when you've had the pre-draft process, you know, the pre-draft performance that he's had. That's it's got to be a motivating factor for him. And I I personally think he he fits in that defensive scheme really well. So yeah. It's a, good, it's a good landing spot. I know people feel a certain way about the Browns right now. I get it. But it's a good spot for Perry on Winford.
1: Yeah, I, I think he'll do well there. Um, if he just keeps the mindset that he's had for about the last, you know, six or eight months, I think he'll do really, really well. Just continue to press forward, continue to, um, to have the energy that he has and work. He, I think he'll be just fine.
0: I'm with you. I know this next one made you feel good. DeLaron Turner-Yell, fifth round, 152nd overall to the Denver Broncos. I feel like we should feel very vindicated by him getting drafted in the fifth round. I, he, he received a lot of criticism in his OU career, but this last season, I thought you especially did a really good job of communicating how, how well he was playing and how important he was for that defense. And this was kind of one of those things where you look at it, you're like, yep, fifth round. That, that feels about right with, with how he's, with how he played in 2021
1: ball player, ball player. He's going to find his way on the field. Um, You know, and that's, that's one of the things that I I said previously is it really, I don't know where he's going to get drafted and I'm not really even worried about it. And I know, I know he is, and and for obvious reasons, but if he continues to play the way he plays, tackle the way he tackles, come downhill with a vengeance like he does, uh, run, does all the things really well. If he continues to do that, he's going to find his way on the field, whether it's special teams or in a sub package. He's going to find his way out there. And, you know, as a fifth rounder, They're going to have some capital invested in you. They're going to want to keep you around. I think that, I think this is a great spot for him. And I I wouldn't be shocked if, if he works his way onto the field, you know, for Denver pretty quickly. I I just think he's that good of a football player.
0: Yeah, he can play. And it, I, I will say this, having, having one of your college teammates, being there with you, it's a huge help. Yep. There's there's just like a comfort level with it where, you know, all this all this rookie stuff that they're about to have to do, It he, he's going to have a guy that he knows he can talk to, he can eat lunch with, like he can lift with. It, it's all this different stuff that, you know, just makes you feel comfortable because you get there your first day and you're just like, Oh my God, who are all of these like gigantic grown men with children and having a familiar face there? That's that's helpful. It's really helpful.
1: It's like showing up the first day of elementary school and a couple of your buddies happen to be in your class with you, right? That's that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. And, and except for in this class, like there's some old dude that knows you're there to take his job and it's not exactly a you know, it, it's a professional environment, but it, depending on how some of those, the way, depending on how the way some of those vets react, it could be, uh, be a little awkward. Yep. Half the kids are going home. Yep. It's,
1: it's, uh, it's a, it's cutthroat business and, and having a familiar face there and, you know, whenever everything is so weird and new and you just show up and, you know, you're, you're one guy and there's. You know, a hundred other people there that you don't know and trying to, trying to find your place in that locker room is it's different whenever, because in college, you know, it, it's, I mean, there's, there's some similarities there, but you know you're going to be there for four years. You just kind of know the lay of the land a little bit, a little bit better. The NFL's a, a different animal. You know, you, you could be there a week before you're cut. And, you know, it, so it's, it's a weird feeling. It's definitely nice to be around familiar faces.
0: Yeah. Okay, next guy that got drafted, Mike Woods in the sixth round, 202nd overall to the Cleveland Browns. Another OU guy going to Cleveland. And, man, I was happy. I was happy that Mike Woods' name got called because it didn't go. I I have a feeling it didn't go the way he thought it was going to go at OU. And... The fact that he still got drafted, I thought, says a lot about just you know, kind of his physical build. You, know, you and I talked about this when we watched him at pro day. Like he looks like an NFL wide receiver. He does yeah. When you when you see him in person, like just the smoothness and you know, the the fluidity of his movements. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he ended up playing some, I, I don't think he's going to play significant snaps for them offensively, but he could be a guy, maybe he ends up on practice squad and he's one of those guys that gets called up and down maybe for them throughout the year. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Cause he's got, I mean, he, you, you can't, you can't have too many big wide receivers. I know he's not a huge guy, but he's a well put together dude. So you never know with injuries. So I think that him in up in Cleveland, uh, Stefanski's offense. I'm a huge fan of it. I am. I, I would assume they like his ability to stretch the field vertically. And if he can polish up his route running and become a complete wide receiver, which you got a lot of work to put in to do that. But if he can stretch the field vertically, then you know maybe maybe he does see some playing time I, I i don't know we'll have to we'll have to see how that all shakes out but i it was just it was good seeing him get his name called because he probably would have let's be real he probably would have gotten drafted higher if he would have stayed at arkansas yeah
1: yeah i i, I think um, a 6 round pick going to cleveland i think you know you're going to have a new quarterback there everyone's going to be vying to to get the chemistry up and running. Um, So I think you could have some opportunity there. It's, it's tough. Wide receiver is a hard position to make it. There's a bunch of guys vying for those spots. And what do they usually keep five or six guys at wide receiver dress five on a, on a game day for the active roster?
0: You know, you know what he needs to do. And I know he's not, he's not as big as this guy. He needs to call Alan Lazard at Green Bay and go, how did you get Aaron Rodgers to love you?
1: Right, yeah.
0: And he needs to do whatever Lazard did. He needs to do that for Deshaun Watson. Just like find, find a way to where Deshaun Watson's like, no, I, I like that guy. We, yep. we, I, I want that guy on the field. That's the key, yep. really. I mean, I know it sounds, it sounds silly, but like, if he can convince the new franchise quarterback that he's one of his guys, like that can go a long way.
1: Yeah. Be there at the facility. Anytime he's there in case he happens to want to throw and you never know whenever you get that one-on-one session and you just start building on it from there. And yeah, good things can happen whenever you're around and available and hey, wide receiver is, it's, a, one of, it's probably the most competitive position in the NFL right now, and it's tough to, tough to break through, but he's got some good tools.
0: Yeah. Okay. The next one, I won't lie, it made me, it made me so happy because I think I, Isaiah Thomas is one of my favorite guys in the last five years. Like, I, I just love the way he goes about his business. He, he was such an unselfish player for the program did whatever they asked him to do and, and made place, which I also really enjoyed, but ends up getting drafted in the seventh round, 223rd overall to the Cleveland Browns. And you, you look at it for it. I, I wonder how they view him in that defense, or if they kind of see him as a vertical, you know, kind of a versatile piece that maybe they can play on the edge, maybe they can you know bring inside in some sub package situations, something like that. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what his weight is looking like when training camp rolls around. I I would not be surprised if if they're trying to pack some pounds on onto him. That that would not shock me, but it was just cool to see him get drafted and o- Oklahoma guy he he didn't play for so long and like just kept working and kept working. Earned his way on the field. And over these last two years is in my opinion, been, and it hadn't been particularly close, the most consistent guy on the field for them defensively. I was, I was really happy to see him get rewarded for that. And I know it's the seventh round, but still like getting drafted. is cool as hell. I mean, it's cool as hell. So I, I was fired up for him.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and his versatility is going to come in handy. It is. You never know what happens where where injuries take place, and maybe you have to bump down, maybe you have to play outside. Who knows? But he's a, he's a guy that's got a good motor. He's super smart. He's athletic, and um, you know that versatility is critical. So. Anytime you can do more things, it gives you more opportunities to find your way on the field and make a, a, a final roster. So I was happy for him, Cleveland. Um, yeah. And it, just like we were talking about having that familiarity, it's going to be the same thing with Isaiah Thomas, Woods, and Winfrey.
0: Yeah. I thought the, you know, Perion posted uh, quite a few things when IT got drafted. Like he, He's fired up. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun for those two guys. Like yeah, there's no be. doubt about it. Um, last guy that got drafted, Marquise Hayes went in the seventh round, two hundred and fifty seventh overall, to the Arizona Cardinals, and it's it's an interesting landing spot for him because they're kind of loaded at guard. They got a lot of veteran guys there that are playing guard in, in that organization, and. I know I was pretty critical of Marquise throughout the 2021 season. I I did not think he played particularly well for, for what I felt he was capable of. And I think him going this late in the draft kind of, I don't want to say it like validates what I was seeing, but that's kind of, it's kind of how I felt. And I was still I was still obviously really happy with him. And him and I have had a lot of conversations over these last couple of years about what he wanted his football career to be. And I, I was just happy he got his name called. But that could be a situation where he is, like the preseason games are going to be really, really important for him. And it's not, it's not necessarily going to be for the Cardinals. The other 31 teams, every team in the league watches every single preseason game. And if he – when he gets his opportunities in those games, like if he can really show something, well, then, hell, maybe the Cardinals keep it, right? Maybe – that's, and that would be great, but this could be a situation where he gets released, he gets cut, and then hopefully gets claimed by another team and added to their 53. Like I, I, I could see that kind of playing out for him, but he's going to have to make the most of his opportunities because seventh, seventh rounder, when you got a, an offensive line room that already has a ton of guys at, at the guard position, it's a tough situation, but if, if he can play well in those preseason games, make a roster, um, and maybe it's not the Arizona roster, maybe he ends up on Arizona's practice squad, something like that. But he he should be getting paid to play football next year. He's just got to have a good offseason. And then, clearly, take advantage of your opportunities when you get them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, getting drafted is is critical. It's, it's a big factor. Gives you a way better chance of getting on the field. And the other thing is, even if your position in front of you is totally loaded, you never know what's going to happen. All it takes is... Uh, someone getting rolled up, and then all of a sudden, oh my God, I'm right there, uh, you know, with the with the ones, you know, taking reps in, in training camp. So, yeah, just getting on a roster right now, getting in a camp is is the most critical thing, and, and playing your best football. So, yeah, happy for him.
0: So, undrafted free agent guys that signed Kennedy Brooks to the Eagles got 240 grand guaranteed, which is
1: I real was- good
0: shocked by that why didn't they just draft him
1: i don't know isn't that more than and i don't know what late round guys get now but that seems way more than late round guys used to get
0: yeah i hey the nfl has increased in value i i I have not looked at what the seventh round seventh round guys are slotted for now but 240k guaranteed is pretty sweet and you look at that yeah Uh, Jeremiah Hall signed with the Giants. Tyrese Robinson signed with the Commanders. And Leron Stokes, look at Leron getting an opportunity. I like it. He signed with the the Cardinals. So it is the undrafted path is a grind. And I just hope these guys enjoy the struggle like I did, man. It's you get. You get treated differently than the other drafted guys. You get treated differently by coaches, by the equipment guys, by the trainers. It's just, it's a, it's a different path, but it all comes down to playing football at a high level. And I always say, you know, my two, two pieces of advice for an undrafted guy. Number one, when you get your opportunities, play at a high level, because that's really what it comes down to. And then number two, be nice to everyone in the building. You want people to like being around you when you're an undrafted guy. Don't be the undrafted guy that shows up talking a bunch of shit and you're rude to everyone because you got this chip on your shoulder. Don't be that guy. No one wants to be around that undrafted guy. (laughs) Like no one. So... That's just, and I'm not worried about those guys at all. Like Kennedy Brooks, Jeremiah Hall, Tyree Robinson, like those guys are, those guys are going to fit in and they're going to know exactly how to conduct themselves when, when they get there. But it's, I, I wish I could come on here and say it's easy and it's fun and that these guys are definitely going to make the team, but it's just statistically speaking, it's just not, it's not a fun, it's, it's not the, path to a bunch of success
1: it's tough there's no doubt about it um, I'd say Kennedy Brooks has a really good chance of making the squad when they give you a quarter of a million dollars uh, to show up that helps a lot certainly um, doesn't hurt and I was gonna ask you it, if you are because if you're drafted you have a slotted contract right you get the rookie three-year contract correct correct so, if they pick you up as an undrafted free agent, do you still sign the same rookie contract?
0: Yes, just with a significantly smaller signing bonus. Because okay. remember, hey, league minimums, league minimum for a rookie, right? So, those, those minimums are slotted and negotiated in the CBA. And the only difference for a lot of the undrafted guys, and unfortunately, man, I got – I was telling some stories this weekend to some people, and they were just like, What in the, I was like, yeah, man, I got stories, but when you're an undrafted guy in that contract, you have an injury split. Yeah. And if you get hurt, like, and they, if you go on IR, you don't get your full salary. Guess what happened to this guy? uh, Not a very good split, not a great split (laughs) dead, but it, what are you going to do? Not sign. Right, I mean yeah. that's they, they got all the leverage when you're an undrafted guy. But yeah, Kennedy getting that, getting 240 grand that that just tells you a lot of teams wanted him. Yeah, and yeah, that, that drove that's up why the price. The
1: question is, I wasn't sure if if they were able, like if they were happy to get him as an undrafted free agent and they're willing to pay more on the signing bonus because they can sign him to a different contract. But um, I guess it's the it is the same contract.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's some differences in there. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a contract lawyer or an agent or anything. But yeah, I, I wish those guys the best. All right, let's get your. Let's get to call your shot. And we we asked you guys what OU guy ended up in the best spot in, in the NFL draft. And this first one comes from at S R Burkhart on Twitter, who says with the Eagles' run game. It really has to be Kennedy Brooks. Miles Sanders is injured a lot. If Boston Scott is hit or miss, he has a chance to do well. And I think think that's why you saw Philadelphia give him the guaranteed amount of money that gave him. Like they they know that he can come in and possibly be, you know, the third back for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting that he went undrafted in the in cause we all know that Kennedy Brooks is always kind of undervalued, right? You don't you just kind of sleep on him and he shows up and he carries it and gets about seven, eight yards of carry game in game out. And you look at the, the box score at the end and look at the stats. And it's like, Oh my God, Kennedy Brooks had another huge day. So yeah. And it's probably going to be the same thing there in Philly comes in, um, you know, under the radar is an undrafted free agent guy. And it wouldn't be shocking if we look at the end of the year and he's, he's their starting running back and maybe leading the team in rushing. That's just kind of the guy he is.
0: That would be, that would be very Kennedy Brooks of him. <laughs> it would. It and would. We'll, we'll still be saying, well, he's just he's not that big. Doesn't look that good in the jersey. He's not that fast. It's like we said that for years, and all the dude did was get yards. That's right. It's crazy. And uh, this other one comes from Ryan Wayne on Twitter, who says, without a doubt, it was the Hollywood trade to the Cardinals. Tyler's ability to get out of the pocket combined with Hollywood's determination to get off the defenders makes for a lot of successful broken plays. But us Sooners already knew that. He also threw in a hashtag boomer. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think out of all these situations, right? And I know Hollywood's been in the league for a while now, but man, that feels like a good change for him. Like the more you think about it, like this, I, I don't want to say like it could be the resurrection of his career because it's not like, like he was a thousand yard wide receiver last year, I think. But I, I could see this being like a really significant inflection point for his pro career. Like yeah, it, it, it could he could have a massive year, I'm ho- or at least that's what I'm hoping.
1: If they use him properly, he, he's different than Tyreek Hill, and I don't mean to, to make that comparison, but I think he's a guy that you can do a lot of different things and showcase his speed like Kansas City did with Tyreek Hill, if that makes sense. I think there's, there's good, better ways to get him the ball and let him, let him turn the Jets on.
0: Cliff's going to run mesh like 15 times a game where he's just sprinting across the field as fast as he can.
1: Yep. Yep. It's tough. Tough to deal with.
0: All right. Birthday shout outs time. Happy third birthday to Savannah Grace Hewlett. Happy 14th birthday to Matthew Bone. Happy 26th birthday
1: to Derek Pins. Happy upcoming 30th birthday to
0: Clark Beckham. Happy 36th birthday to Brandon Brock King. Happy 39th birthday to Dwayne Cheney. Happy 46th birthday to Eli Cochran. And happy 60th birthday to Dr. Rick Mooney. Ooh, Dr. Fancy Man. Doc. Nice. We got we got some NIL stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's go. But first. The only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, yes, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also says you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone. So you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com.
1: And Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of your Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. Gabe is modeling there. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. And use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off.
0: And Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. It's got a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic high school or visit BMCHS.org. If you end up going there, you can stay laser focused when your podcast partner is trying to mess you up in an ad read. <laughs> Don't forget financial aid is available. All right. National college football roundup. Ted, do you want to start with the Jordan Addison story or, and I know it's not technically college football, but I think it would, Or do you want to start with the Isaiah Wong story? we got to talk about both of these.
1: Uh, Let's go with the Jordan Addison one.
0: Yes. Jordan Addison. Really, really good player. So, for those of you that don't know, he is a wide receiver at Pitt who just won the the Blitnikoff last season as a sophomore. 100 catches, like 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns. The guy can play. And there are reports that he is considering transferring and that USC would be his potential destination. Now, as we were recording this, May 1st is the deadline to get into the portal or to submit your papers or whatever. I have not seen any update, but it seems like it's going to happen. I'll say that. Pitt head coach Pat Darduzzi is pissed. (laughs) I mean, absolutely pissed. And reportedly, he called Lincoln Riley multiple times on Friday to talk about the situation. Maybe is the best way to put it. How much would you pay for that audio? I'd pay oh, lots. I'd love
1: it. And I'm curious if Lincoln knew who was calling him or if he thought it was someone just uh, worried about his uh warranty going off on his car you know it's just a random number calls you or I don't know if he's he's talked with him before but that's got to be interesting and he's calling multiple times which is even better I love it
0: I I can't imagine that was a cordial conversation maybe it was but I like to imagine that Lincoln had to move the phone away from his head because Narduzzi was yelling so loud. That's what I like to imagine. Just like, you know, like, oh my gosh, he is, he's mad, mad, but there, there's a lot to unpack here. So I, I do want to say this because before, and I know everyone is going all in on Lincoln Riley with this whole thing, right? Tampering, like, you know, scumbag. Like I, 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 and I understand the people that are saying that, but this ain't a one-way street, man. This is a decision that Jordan Addison and his family are making. USC is not forcing him. Now, are they luring him? Yeah, but this is not a one-sided thing. So, you look at Addison's situation. He lost Kenny Pickett, his quarterback. He lost his offensive coordinator. He lost his wide receivers coach. So I know people are pissed because of the tampering aspect of it. I get it. Whatever term you want to use, tampering, um, scumbaggery—I don't, whatever you want to call it. But this is probably a decision that Addison's been contemplating for a while since the season ended, and he knows Caleb Williams, right, from the same area. Another player recruiting a buddy is, as far as I know, it's not against any rules. So my initial response was different than other people's, I think. My initial response it was not like anger and outrage at USC and Lincoln. My initial like my initial response was, well, is Pitt going to be able to find the money to make him stay? Like, can Keaton Slovis not talk him into staying, or has Addison seen Slovis throw and he's like, "Nope, that ain't it." You know, like that's where my head went. I know everyone's pissed off about it, and I get it, but this is—it seems like this is what Jordan Addison wants. Yeah, I are people mad? I think people may just be mad more about the system. I—I I don't know. Well. It's hard to
1: really comment because I don't know how things played out. If Jordan Addison, like, there's a reason he didn't transfer. Like They didn't lose Kenny Pickett and their offensive coordinator last week. Right. That all happened right after the season. So the question is, why did he wait all the way until now to transfer? Is it because he wanted to give Slovis an opportunity? He did spring ball, and he doesn't like it and still wants to transfer. I think that's totally reasonable after the offensive coordinator and your quarterback are gone and the new guy, you just don't feel like he's going to be able to get it done. That's reasonable. What's not reasonable is if Jordan Addison wanted to stay, likes Slovis, wants to play for Pitt, and USC, through Caleb Williams, is setting up and offering big NIL deals. And Caleb Williams is acting as the go-between because legally that's not considered tampering. That is where I think things become, you know, where, where people would get upset. And rightfully so. Like I, I could understand people getting upset about that because you know I I don't know. Pitt's not gonna be able to compete with the money. I think we all know that and they think it can be it looks looks grimy, honestly. If that's how it went down. But I don't but again, I don't know if it's just as simple as Slova sitting and getting it done and he needs a place to play, he knows Caleb Williams. That sounds all totally reasonable. Is that how it actually went down though? That's
0: the question. So the, like the tampering aspect of it, like I, I think it's technically like, it's a rule. Like there's a rule in place, but there's just no way to enforce it. Right. I mean, the NCAA can't – they don't have the manpower to go investigate all these things. Nope. And, and that's why when I look at this situation, I'm not mad at Jordan Addison. I'm not – I'm not really – I'm not mad at Lincoln Riley. I'm mad at Mark Emmert and the NCA for screwing this whole thing up. I mean, going back to the O'Bannon case – Right. And that, that, which led to the Alston case and all that, like going back to them not, not having the foresight to see where this would go if they weren't proactive about it. And here we are, man. And I expect Jordan Addison to hit the portal and end up at USC and for him to get some big old NIL deals. My only question is like when he hits the portal. Does Dylan Gabriel know him at all? Any relationship there? Like, cause no, no. You and I have been saying it. It would be awfully nice for this team to get a star, like a star wide receiver. Yeah. And Addison, he's he's most he he could be the number one wide receiver off the board next year. Him or what? Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Yeah. I we could use him. I know that bunch of people could use him
1: um it's crazy to think that he's going in the transfer portal and it's going to be if he goes it's going to be who can offer up the most money and it's not an nil deal i I know that it's going to be labeled as a name image and likeness deal but it's not they're giving a guy a ton of money to show up that's really all it is think about how far we've gone from what you ate too many servings of pasta and oh, you got like a compliance issue out of it. Right. And now what happened? So that's crazy not like what
0: that. happened, but we don't have to, there was one too many entree options. Oh, you self-reported it. The NCA wasn't even involved, but people love the story. So I'll, that's I'll just
1: the thing though, like it's, it, that's how, that's how ridiculous it looks is you have to self-report on something that dumb, but you know, players may be uh, enticing other guys to go working back backroom deals to get big, big NIL money. And it's, it's a god-awful system. And it's not Jordan Addison's fault. It's not Caleb Williams' fault. It's not even Lincoln Riley's fault. It's the NCAAs for not doing anything at all as the landscape changed and then the dam broke and here we are we've got this type of ridiculousness going on out there
0: i i completely agree i i think that there's a lot of people out there that that are looking at going they got to change the system like that whether it's you know putting a cap on NIL or you know, you can't make NIL until you've played one season somewhere or they want to make it, you know, take it back to where if you transfer, you got to sit out a year. They don't like the portal. Like, I'm just here to tell you, like, that stuff's not changing. It's not going back. And it's it's pretty simple why. Like, the NCAA, they want no part of the legal battles that, are, that would come with them trying to scale that stuff back. Because... Brett Kavanaugh basically said, "If you bring anything to us, you will lose." Like that—that's what he said. So, I—I I think, I, I think there's this hope by a lot of people that this system's going to change. Right? I think. You, I think we're just going to have to get used to it, man. Like, well, yeah, I think
1: a conference. A conference can can change the rules if they want to. If a conference, if the Big 12 or, say, the SEC, which no one wants to do it because whenever you change, you're at a competitive disadvantage. That's why whenever whoever the first was to open up the rule about transfers being able to play, immediately everyone else just kind of had to follow suit because you're at a, a disadvantage if you don't. But, you know... The SEC could say, if you you can't transfer out of conference into the SEC and be eligible to play immediately unless you've graduated, like they could do that, and that's not really a. I mean, it's different with the conference doing it, and saying those are our rules, and the NCAA saying you can't do that and remain an amateur, right? I think there's there's some difference there, so I think you you could change the transfer situation, but you'd, you'd have to be willing to take the competitive disadvantage that would come from that. In other conferences saying, Hey, this is our, this is an opportunity for us. So I don't see much happening, frankly.
0: Yeah. I, I do think we're headed down a path to where the con, like everything's just run by the conferences. Yeah. And it's starting to feel more and more like we're headed down the path where these players end up getting a cut like that's how it's feeling to me like because this you're right this system you're just like there's only going to be more and more stories like this yeah it's going to keep happening
1: we're one year in right and it's going to be the players getting a cut man that's a
0: got to unionize
1: that's collective
0: bargaining I, agreement I,
1: Well, a lot of legal work. If the players get a cut, like the, 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 it, that will pretty much eliminate most, most colleges from being competitive. I mean, there's only a handful that operate their athletic budget on a surplus, anyways. So, there's not much of a cut to get now it, it would be like your whole pay structure for head coaches and all that stuff would, would probably have to have to change. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they would, I don't even I, know how that would work.
0: I, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on this, but my assumption would be that whatever percentage, whatever, you know, salary, I guess is the proper word for it would come from the TV deals. Just because there's such... I mean, there's just such a massive amount of money coming in from that end. Yeah. I don't know. Well,
1: so, what what would happen there is like... if Because where that money goes now, obviously it goes into running the program, but then it runs like your non-revenue producing sports, right? And like if you don't have that money left over for the non-revenue producing sports, then what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I... I would like to think that this whole thing's just going to work itself out, man. But I just doesn't feel like a realistic point of view, you know?
1: It's a mess, and I don't know, like I don't know enough about, like how the money operates and everything to even. Like, if if you're going down that road, what's the point of even, like? The school thing is, is just a farce now. Like, it's, like if you're an, a full-on employee, why do you even need to go to school? That's... Because that's kind of the thing. That's, that's where, that's where it gets of, interesting, right? Right. That's kind of been the conversation is, like, are, you, are you a student athlete or are you a paid employee of the university? And if you unionize and you're a paid employee of the university, then what's the school thing for? I, are, are we just going to keep the charade up of like that's why we're here is to get an education? Is that's what's going to happen with that? I I don't know. It's crazy.
0: It's I, like, I I I don't know. Lots changed really quickly. I right know. NCA needs to hire a new president that can. Can help get this thing back on the tracks, man, because I I'm not entirely sure where it's headed. I you I, I pride myself in kind of being able to be like, oh, well, this and this and that. It's like the future of college football. I, I don't know. I'll I'll say this. People are all kinds of pissed off about the rules right now. NIL, tampering, portal. We're all going to be watching Saturdays in the fall. I mean, it's just especially around here. Like it means too much to us not to. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about the Isaiah Wong situation? We can. Sure. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, he was Miami basketball's best player. He put his name in for the NBA draft, but he has the coming. He has the option of coming back to school uh, with, with how that rule works in college basketball. So he saw billionaire, john ruiz give nigel pack from kansas state a lot of you will recognize that name he gave him eight hundred thousand dollars over two years and a car to come play at miami and wong saw that remember this was miami's best player took him to the elite eight he's been an all C, all acc guy like two years in a row and was like Whoa, whoa wait i'm better than that guy and basically threatened I don't know if that that's a strong word, but I kind of think it's the best word. Like threatened to go into the transfer portal if he didn't get a new better NIL deal from John Ruiz's company, Life Wallet, which is what this billionaire is running all this stuff through. And it worked. His holdout, it 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 worked. Now he's he's not getting a new deal with Life Wallet, but that deal's going to stay the same. But John Ruiz came out and was like, he has my word. I'm going to go find him some more deals. So Isaiah Wong wanted a bump, threatened to jump in the portal. If he didn't get it and he got it. Seems like a hell of a business play to me, man. I mean, well done. Well done. Isaiah Wong. Well, see, in, that's what
1: I'm, I'm curious in football how it's going to happen cuz I'm trying to put myself in a a player's shoes that say I'm I'm a I'm a guard and I'm going into my senior year I've been a this will be my third year starting and some high school kid Never played it down is coming in, and they're throwing NIL money at him. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. He hasn't done anything. I, I can understand the frustration there. And at some point, it's just going to be – like everyone's going to do that, aren't they? And it's just going to have to – it's going to have to constantly be a – it's not sustainable. Like John Ruiz may know a bunch of other billionaires that he can go out there and say, hey, uh, I know you. this is a worthless endorsement deal for you to do for a, a Miami basketball player, but, hey, would you just happen to throw down $800,000 to keep this kid happy? People aren't going to do this for very long. I would never do it. If I, was a, I don't care how much money I have. I would never give any high school kid cash to go
0: somewhere are are people just freaking about freaking out about something that eventually is gonna stabilize itself like perhaps if you know two, three, four years down the road like we we work through all this junk right and there's kind of a market correction. Like everyone starts to come to their senses. Now there'll still be schools and alumni bases that are spending more than other people, right? That's gonna that's gonna happen. But I'm wondering if like we're all freaking out about something that eventually is like it'll get to something that resembles kind of the NIL format and structure we were hoping for I, I don't know maybe maybe that's too maybe that's not a realistic thought process but I think you're just all saying depends. that
1: I think it all depends so take a and right and the rumors about how much money they paid for that recruiting class right if a and wins a championship next year the folks that did it are going to say this is the greatest thing ever You guys want to buy another one? Let's buy another one for next year, another national championship. And maybe that keeps it going. But if they spent $30 bucks on a recruiting class where those guys just transfer out, they don't win the SEC, nothing happens, I I would find it hard to believe that that same group of people is going to continue to throw money at um, a lost cause. But I could be wrong. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like that was depressing. I feel like It is depressing. You and I are sitting here like two guys that love college football, really like, let's let's be real, made our names from college football. And the future of the sport is it, it, maybe we're being too dramatic, but like the the Isaiah Wong thing, there's football guys that saw that and saw how it worked out for them. And they're they're talking no to their agents and they're going, Why shouldn't should I do that? Like why like why don't we all do that? That's what my thought process like. I was like, damn, Isaiah Wong, like trailblazer. Yeah. They're gonna well, call it the Wong. Threatening to jump in the portal to get a bump, it's going to be known as the Wong. (laughs) He Wonged us. He Wonged it. It's a verb and a noun. Well,
1: here's the thing. I, I think this is where the, this is where the battle is. A lot of people love college football because, it's, it's, it's the school. Maybe it's the school you went to. It's guys that are there. They're they're grinding out the student life. Plus, they're going out and playing on on Saturdays, trying to win a national championship. So there's there's that. It's not a professional sport. There, it's, it has a different feeling, and it's starting to like the transfer portal alone starts to make it kind of lose that that same feeling, and. This is this is less about, like, our guys, like, our school, and more about who can we pay to come in here. They don't care anything about us. Like, what we care about is our school and our tradition and how we built it through the years and some of the guys that did things in the past and what they went through. And it's like you want to, like, perpetuate that that – that feeling, right? But then it just turns into, well, who can we just pay to come in? They don't care about OU. They don't care about our traditions. They don't care about anything. that w- They just care about what some outside f- force is going to pay them to show up and do their thing. It just kind of changes the whole feeling of college football, and a lot of people don't like professional football. They like college football. They like college sports because of that reason. And it just kind of it loses that special feeling a little bit. And maybe in a couple of years people just get used to it and we don't really care. You know, it's just that change right now I think has a lot of people feeling really weird about it. And maybe you just get used to it and it's it's how we do business and how, how the game is played now and you move on, or maybe some people would just continue to be turned off by it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that that emotional connection, right, between mm-hmm. the fan base and the players. I don't know. I, I'm hoping we don't lose that because right. that's, that's kind of my favorite part. So, yeah. I think that's everyone's favorite part. I feel like we're making people sad with this. <laughs> let's, let's, let's stop. Let's move on to winners and losers. Let's I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. But first it's
1: time to get back out on the golf course people. And there's nothing better to drink on the course than the number one seltzer in golf clubby seltzers. Clubby seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. Tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. They're not just for the golf course either. They're perfect to drink by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is coming out in May, so it's going to be quickly. To find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltzers.com.
0: Went to a charity event, cleats for kids. Clubby's everywhere. Nice. Drank a lot of them. A whole lot of them. Attention, business owners. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend?
1: Well, I thought about going with the Rucker kid um, from Ohio State for being the only player in the history of football to be excited to go to the Jets. I also thought about going with New England for taking a Tennessee Chattanooga guard in the first round that everyone else had like as a third-rounder.
0: Cole Strange you know, the best part about him and he like, I I've watched quite a bit of him. He was at the senior bowl. I watched quite a bit of him. He's got, he's got some good tools, Mm -hmm. but no, no. I mean, he's just not at like now he's, he's quick and like strong. Like he, you, you look at some of those, you know, like the percentiles he ended up on the testing stuff. Like I get it. But like you don't take that guy in the first round. I don't care if he wears the single bar down the middle of his face mask and it looks old school and awesome. Like, no. He, he also wants doesn't number wear gloves. Sixty
1: nine though, which is great.
0: Yes, I mean, there's a lot to like about the guy. The guy doesn't wear gloves. Psycho move. The guy has the bar down the middle of his face mask, which no one does anymore. Psycho move. And his last name's Strange. Like, the guy just can't be normal. I mean, his last name's Strange. So maybe I, he's the perfect patriot.
1: I bet Belichick's like hey wait until we put some gloves on this guy he's gonna be amazing
0: that's that's it's gonna take him to another level yeah no with every because i was flipping through all the different draft coverages and they're like cold strange and everyone was like whoa what <laughs> like every single person uh
1: but i ended up settling on wide receivers man wide receivers the new hot position gabe Six wide receivers taken in the top 18 picks. How about that? Insane. Damn. So wide receiver is now, I think it's official. It used to be quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher, corner. Add wide receiver to the mix. I'd say it's official, especially with the offseason we saw with some of the huge numbers being thrown towards free agent wideouts. I'd say wide receiver is the new a hot position in the NFL. Now it's always been one that gets guys attention and always well known, popular. But now it's showing up in the draft and it's showing up in the free agent contracts. They're breaking the bank.
0: Yeah, seventeen wide receivers selected in the first three rounds. Crazy. That's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's well. The game what, the has first changed.
1: One went at like twelve. And then, like,
0: no, remember 15 16. No, right? it was uh Drake London at like eight to Atlanta, eight.
1: eight, and then maybe it was 12, 13, 14. Yeah, something like that. They just started ripping off wide receivers. There's a run on wideouts, but it's it's wild. Wide receivers, big money, big time draft picks, uh, really impressive stuff. And, and that just tells you the game is more and more moving to the air. What can you do through the air?
0: And let's not forget, A.J. Brown gets traded to the Eagles and they immediately gave him $100 million.
1: <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. It's crazy. And he's, he's a big, strong, physical wide receiver, but $100 million bucks? Yeah.
0: Woo. it's a lot of cash. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Well,
1: there was uh, six wide receivers taken in the first round there were zero running backs or tight ends taken in the first round. The first time in NFL draft history, no running backs or tight ends taken in the first round. Crazy, crazy that that went down. Running backs used to be, that used to be the position. You take a running back number one and whoever the best guy coming out, that's, that's where all the money was now. It's all the game, is, game has changed a lot. Now, some of your tight ends that you see in the league are your pass catchers. That's where the money is. But, you know, traditionally, that's more of a, a blocking type of position. And it's just crazy. No running backs or tight ends taken in the first round, first time in draft history. Uh, just crazy.
0: The only thing that surprised me more than that was. Like, the quarterback thing actually happened. Yeah. Like, Kenny Pickett goes at 20, and then well, I think Ritter went at 74 to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, even all the, the, like, all the people doing the TV coverage were like, oh, my, uh, they're, they're actually doing it. They actually think these quarterbacks stink like we do. <laughs> right. Was it like a panic? to
1: To just start drafting guy, quarterbacks in the first round that you didn't think were ever going to pan out. It's, it's smart. And I forgot that I was – one of the other ones I was thinking about going with were Loser was everyone but the SEC. Gabe, SEC number one in, in draft picks, 16 straight years now, the SEC has been number one. And I don't see that changing for a long time.
0: It's – in my opinion, it's only gonna, the gap's only going to continue to widen. Yep. Well, they have 65 picks.
1: Crazy, crazy numbers.
0: It's like there's a lot of talented football players in that league or something.
1: Yeah, a quarter of them came from one team, Georgia, 15.
0: Whew. Yeah, that, that's a perfect segue into my winner and loser of the weekend.
1: But first... First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information.
0: And make sure, if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You've got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey it was just voted one of the top twenty whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balconi's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn, and that is why it is <laughs> one more than twenty five awards you almost forgot. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balconi's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year round. Remember, back in two thousand twelve. Balcones single malt won the best in glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen and became the first American distillery to win that competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yeah, they're from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. I got a feeling Pat Narduzzi could use some balconies <laughs> in his life right now.
1: He may have had some before he called Lincoln.
0: <laughs> you never know. All right, for my win of the weekend, thought about going with Georgia. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it—five first-rounders, all mm. on that defense. Fifteen draft picks.
1: That's crazy.
0: Fifteen. Hell, their punter even got drafted. Ted.
1: Wow, that's wild.
0: I, I mean, just beyond impressive. That's. That's how you win a national championship. Yeah, That's how you dethrone Bama.
1: And here's the thing, man. The good things happen to good teams. Like, you're, If you win a lot of football games as a team and you elevate one another like that as a team, everyone's going to feel the success, right? It, everyone's going to be in the spotlight more and it's, it's going to end up paying
0: off for a lot of guys. I I also thought about going with the Golden State Warriors to win game one in Memphis when Draymond Green got ejected in the first half, which I did not agree with that ejection. It was what kind happened? of a
1: re- I just saw like a little clip from it.
0: And- it was a playoff foul like and he like yeah. grabbed him. Yeah, and he pulled him down, but he tried to like. Like pull him down gently, like prevent him from hitting the ground. hard. Like he got ejected because he's Draymond Green. Yeah, Yeah, that's. That was a reputation ejection. Like, if Giannis doesn't, does that, and we'll get to Giannis later. If Giannis does that, he's not getting thrown out of the game. He got ejected because he's Draymond.
1: Yeah. (sighs) For some reason, my hatred of Draymond Green is fading a lot. I actually like a lot of the things he's been saying recently. What's happening to me? Is that me, or is he changing?
0: I think he's getting a little older. You're getting a little older. Yeah. And also he like, he's got some wisdom to him yeah. now. Yeah. So I, that, I, I know it's, it still feels like yesterday he kicked Steven Adams in the nuts. Like I understand, <laughs> like, but it's been a while now he stole. Yeah. He was, he was one of the reasons he stole Kevin Durant, but you know, it's been a while now, like I had time. Time heals all wounds. Is that a saying? I think that's a saying. Yeah, yeah. that's. I think that's well said. But I can't believe I'm going to do this. My winner of the weekend, the New York Jets. Yes. I Sauce Gardner at four. Bring, bring all the chains, Sauce. Bring all the bling, man. You got some receivers in that division you got to cover. Man, whatever. You, you need all the confidence you could have. Garrett Wilson at 10 really liked that guy traded back and landed Jermaine Johnson, a guy that beast. some people thought was like, some people thought he was the best, like pure pass rusher in the draft. He's a beast. Yeah. They got him at 26. I mean, one of the premier edge rushers in the draft, they got him at 26. If he went, if
1: he would have gone at 10 or 12, no one would have batted an eye. No, like
0: n- not at all. And they traded down and got him. I got Brees Hall at 36, best Great running back pick. in the draft, and it's really not even a debate. You mentioned the Ruckert guy. Like, I actually like his game. Yeah. He can block he a little in. bit too now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, they got him in the third. I I know not it's bad. the Jets, but they they've finished last in the AFC East five out of the last six years. But I'm not going to let that cloud my j- judgment. Joe Douglas had a good draft. I'm going to yeah. give that guy's credit. Yeah.
1: I Hey, I, I agree. All of those names are really good players. We'll see if it translates to the NFL. Uh, is that, it doesn't always work that way, but um, I think it's, it's a really good collection of talent. There's no doubt. And some of like the behind-the-scenes footage of how some of that stuff took place is really cool to watch, too.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say this. I think they're going to have a, a hell of a pick at like 111 also. I'm pretty sure they were going to draft Perry on, but a couple of picks before Cleveland took him.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: No. So it Let's was almost. The Jets
1: like, could turn it into
0: some W's. Got pre- to gotta protect Zach Wilson. We'll see if that O-line can stay healthy and hold up, but certainly gave him some, some weapons with. Wilson, Hall, solid, man. All right, for my loser of the weekend, thought about going with Joel Embiid. What did this guy do? I mean, guy can't buy a break. It was the thumb. Now he's got a broken face and a concussion to go with it. Happened when the 76ers were up by 30 on the rafters with like four minutes left to go in that game. By the way, that was an incredibly impressive win by the 76ers, I thought they were going to lose that game for sure. And now he's going to have to miss the first few games of this series against the Heat? Like, does someone have, like, a voodoo doll of Joel Embiid and they're just beating the hell out of it? I
1: guarantee right now he doesn't feel like he's going to – I bet he he's one beat-up dude. Face crushed, thumb all jacked up. probably doesn't feel like he's uh, anywhere close to playing a uh, – postseason basketball game
0: no but he will because yeah he's a tough dude i feel like Mm -hmm. but also thought about going with the texas longhorns (laughs) zero draft picks for steve Sarkeesian. i i don't know what else to say you went five and seven and you didn't have a single guy drafted (laughs) (laughs) but people are still going to put him in the preseason top 25 Hell, I was saying how good their skill guys looked in the spring game. They did, by the way. They looked fantastic. Quinn yep. yours was ripping that thing. But man, that's that's tough. Here's so he, this is this is kind of proves my point.
1: If you go back and look at Texas's recruiting over the past three, four, five years, it's not as good as Georgia, but it's close. It's where their their overall rankings end up, right? And Georgia just had 15 players drafted, and Texas had zero. That's what I'm saying when good things happen to good teams. If, if you pull together as a group and win a bunch of football games, a bunch of guys are going to get drafted. You can't. I know, I know Georgia has a, a, like an excellent amount of talent, but you can't tell me that every single recruit that Texas has had over the past five years has been a, a whiff. It's not the case. It, it's just it's amazing the difference of like development and culture and all those things. That's, that's ultimately what ends up turning those guys into draft picks.
0: So here, yeah, here are a couple of products of the 2021 Texas football season. They blew their biggest lead. Mm-hmm. They lost the most games in a row since 1956. Ooh. It was their first time ever to lose to Kansas at home. And now that the draft has concluded, it is the second time they've had no draft picks since
1: 1938. Hey, smart by Sarkeesian to set the bar extremely low on year one, right?
0: Yes. He's going, he's going for the most improved coach award next year. <laughs> All right, but bye-bye. My, my loser of the weekend, the Boston Celtics, man, they got a Giannis problem. And, I mean, the Bucks without Chris Middleton, the Milwaukee Bucks went to Boston and took game one from the Celtics, 101-89, and it really wasn't that close. Giannis is... I mean, he's the best player on the planet. He is. I mean, and as good as the Celtics are defensively, they had no answer for him in transition, in the half court, when he was in the paint. Like, they... None. And when you look at what the Celtics did to the Nets in that last series, like they beat the hell out of KD and Kyrie. Super physical with them. Giannis bullied their ass. Like they just couldn't do it to him. And I mean, 24 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. At that size, like he's just running in transition, like with the ball in his head, like he. Nothing you can do. I. I feel like we don't appreciate him enough. Like he is an absolute freak of nature.
1: Yeah, he is what a year ago, two years ago, he was the talk of the NBA and, and for whatever reason that, that faded pretty dramatically and he's showing up again. And, uh, just a quick little reminder that there's really no one else still no one else like him in the
0: league. Yeah. And drew holiday was awesome in that game. Uh, crazy eyes, Bobby Portis, some big time shots. Uh, but the thing that stood out, like, the Bucks' defense, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they had a tough time. And they just they missed some shots. Like, they didn't shoot it well. They'll shoot it better than they did in that game. But the Bucs made them work and work to get open looks. And I'll say Marcus Smart didn't look like he was having much fun once he got that stinger. Man, hey, the green hair looked solid. I liked it. Looked good. But he's got to be better. If if they're gonna if they want to win this series, especially when Middleton gets back, sounds like he may be back, maybe back game three, maybe game four, but they got to find a way to slow down Giannis. And the problem is, I don't think there is a way to slow down that dude. Like, there's just, I,
1: no, when not whenever you don't have, it's hard whenever you just can't throw more size at him and athleticism at him because he's gonna he's going to win that Trump every single time. You know, it, it's tough.
0: I guess you just have to hope that drew holiday doesn't shoot it that well. And that Bobby Porter's doesn't hit those shots. And like Connaughton doesn't hit open threes. And like, you just have to hope the other guys miss. There's could, no stopping that dude, especially he's hitting his free throws at a pretty high clip. Like, I don't know what you do. Guys are freaking. He
1: hurts his thumb and breaks his face.
0: And gets a concussion in the process. <laughs> Poor Joel Embiid, man. Like He's so fun to watch, too. That's a, that's a bummer. All right. Episode 210 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on SiriusXM XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Don't forget, Mother's Day coming up Sunday. Plan accordingly, gentlemen. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening do what you always do Oklahoma take care of each other